check, check, one, two, Rin Tin Tin. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Dr. Funk Live Show. Thank you guys so much for subscribing on YouTube. Check us out on Facebook Live. Check us out on Apple Music, Spotify, Podbay FM, and Podbean. Today, we're going to have the one and only Jimmy Jam of Jam and Lewis, and everything is going to be funky. Hope you guys are going doing good. What's up, Australia? What's up, UK? I'm going to get this going on. We don't want to waste any time. Hope everyone is doing well. And we're just going to get right down into it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a legend, uh, someone who's created probably a soundtrack to many, many people's lives, the one and only Jimmy Jam. <sighs> Thank right. you. Good night. Oh, we no. We're just starting this. Okay. All good. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are good. you? I'm I'm great. I'm great. I just uh, a little jet lagged, but just a little bit. I just got back from New York doing a bunch of fun things there, but uh, back landed and safe. Everybody always asks me, how's the flight? I said safe. As long as it's safe, it's all good. That's all that matters. That's yeah. right. That's right. There's a few babies on board of mine, so I didn't get any sleep. But I don't sleep on planes anyway, unless it would be private, which I've never had. So Right. Yeah, the babies definitely do their thing, man. That's a whole different, you know, thing. I don't know if you ever had any inspiration from a baby crying like, oh, there's a beat on that. But oh, that's a good question. I don't. I've never thought about that before. <clears throat> I, just I don't think not that I can not that I can remember. But you know, you never know. A matter of fact, though, a lot of what I will tell you though is a lot of times if there was a baby crying on a plane, most of the times I I, I had my laptop with me, and I would put on. Um, headphones. So if I had my headphones and my laptop, I was probably creating some sort of song. So it wasn't maybe necessarily, you know, inspired by the baby, but the peace and calm of having my headphones on was probably inspired by the baby. Crying. Right. Sure. Yeah. See, you're hearing that maybe you're hearing a little bit of the baby even with you have headphones on. You're like, yeah, maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. Yep. First, let's talk about the new project. Let's get yeah. in. Jam and Lewis volume one. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. On this. Thank you. Mary J, Boys to Men, Mariah Carey, Babyface, Tony, yeah. uh, Tony Braxton. Don't want to just yeah. say Tony, although we know that. Heather, Heather. Tony. Yeah. and Charlie Wilson. And of course, we have Usher along with um, Baby Love featuring Morris, Morris Stage, Rome of the Roots. But of course, we heard Till I Found You with uh, Sounds of Blackness at the Billboard Music Awards at Paisley Park. How amazing uh, was doing that? It was great. Well, but what we did at Paisley Park was actually optimistic. Is what we did at Paisley Park. Optimistic. And um, yeah, but but the parallel though is that 30 years ago we started Perspective Records. It's the 30th anniversary of Perspective Records, and the song that we started basically our whole kind of label career was Optimistic with Sounds of Blackness, and that's the reason that on Jam and Lewis Volume One, Sounds of Blackness starts the album out. It's the first song on the album, specifically for that reason. Uh, Till I Found You was an opportunity to reunite with Ann Nesby to capture Big Jim Wright before he unfortunately passed away on a vocal. Um, and it really just sets the foundation for, to me, everything that we want to build with the album. You know, Sounds of Blackness is that foundation. So that was a whole idea of doing that. So the parallel, what you're saying is absolutely right. And we hadn't been to Paisley Park since Prince had passed. So that was the first time we were there. 
So we have that place filled with the sounds of blackness and with the sounds of optimistic, which is our favorite song we've ever written. That was very cool. That was awesome. Out of all the songs that you've done, to be able to say that this one is your favorite one, but it's one of your first ones. So it makes mm -hmm. some, some sense for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, here it is. You're, you're years into your career. You don't need to go into how many. We're decades in. Yes. <laughs> volume one. And already, I, I someone, one of the questions someone was online asked is, when's volume two coming out? I'm like, can we, can we chill on volume yeah, I know, exactly. That's the way I feel, too. Although, although we'll, I will say we are already in the in the planning stages of volume two so yeah. we keep awesome. it. yeah now you've worked with with babyface and others before i'm seeing like mariah carey and all that stuff no we and, worked with her before yes yeah. you know and that's just great you know because we love your sound with her for sure going on it is there any anyone you didn't get for volume one that you wanted for volume two that we should expect or should we just Let's chill on this and let's let's not go into it. Too. <laughs> well, no, listen, I think that uh, we listen, we made a really long wish list of people that we wanted to get. <clears throat> and sometimes it's just about people's availability. People have other things going on. But when we felt we did say we wanted to, to have 10 songs. And so when we got to the 10 that we thought were, you know, good, a good representation of what we wanted to do, then that's where we stopped. And that's why we named the album volume one. So there can be a volume two and a volume three and so on and going forward. Um, the obvious ones on the wish list, um, at the top of our wish list, um, is Janet's obviously on our wish list. Um, but then the, the people from back in the day, I mean, we got, you know, we got Morris and Jerome back together to do their song, but also we got to go back to, you know, Alexander O'Neill and Sherelle, the SOS band, um, New Edition. We just talked to those guys the other day. Wow. So they'd be great. So there's a lot of people that we've worked with. And then there's people that, you know, we have a number one song this week with her, although we didn't work on it with her. But she took one of our old songs and repurposed it, and we helped her do it um, right. with Damage. So, but we'd like to actually get in the studio and do something with her. You know what I'm saying? So there's a whole lot of, there's a big long list of people, man. And so we're going to just continue to keep making music, and hopefully we'll get to all of them. I'm curious, because one of the people that um, the fans want to see you with and produce and work with is Bruno Mars. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? Would that is that is that on your wish list too? Oh yeah, Bruno's Bruno's definitely top of wish list. And we've already talked about doing some things. As a matter of fact, we've already started on some things. So it's just a matter of awesome when um, you know once again when the timing is right to actually finish it. And you know it sometimes it takes a long time. Some songs are done in a day. Some songs it takes a century to do. Literally, you know to to finish it. Because I'm always like, it's not when it starts, it's when it finishes, when it's ready to be served, right? You know, we will serve no wine before it's time. I think it used to be the, the same. So sometimes you got to age stuff a little bit to make sure that the seasoning's right and everything's right and it's the right time. So that's the way we look at it. But the seeds are being planted. I guess we'll put it like that. Those seeds are definitely being planted with Bruno. Awesome. Yeah. Now, are there any more videos that we can expect from this project or we don't know exactly what's going on yet? Well, it's, you know, it's kind of a work in progress type of thing. Um, we're going to, one of the things about it is that we don't want to burden the artists to, I mean, to me, we've already burdened them enough to get them to, to do the project. So in the case of, um, you know, really, we, we're going to do some sort of visual component to every one of the songs on the record, and that's in the works now. Some of them will be 
uh, lyric videos like the Mariah one we did kind of as more of a, a lyric video. Um, we got an Usher one getting ready to hit. I think it's going to hit on the weekend if we get it done, um, which is kind of cool because we just went to his Vegas show last week, which was amazing. So anybody who wants to travel and see him, that's an amazing show to see. Um, but then we also plan on doing actually, you know, music videos like we did with Babyface, where we actually did, you know, an actual, you know, music visual. So I think the plan is to do once again lyric videos for every one of the songs, but then we'll try to fit in some videos. And some of it, once again, it's availability with the artists, you know, because everybody's busy now. So just trying yeah. to figure it out. And it's just so hard to try to get sometimes to get people in the same place at the same time with everything that's going on in the world. It's, yeah, it's it's challenging for sure. It's definitely challenging. But you know, it's that's a challenge that, that you know we like and we can figure it out. And once again, it's just one of those things where, you know, we'll we'll do the best we can and figure it out. But we don't want to, once again, we don't want to burden the artists. The artists have already, to me, devoted so much time into making the record and spent so much time, you know, pre-COVID, during COVID, you know, whether it was in the studio together, where we're sending sending files back and forth and all that kind of craziness. So you know, we just want to make sure we're respectful of their time also. Right. So. Burning the artists working with Jan and Lewis. Oh, my God. How difficult. Janet must, like, be so upset with all the hits that you guys have created together. Oh, it's such a burden working with Jan and Lewis. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because Janet is in full mom mode. And every time we we talk, we always text each other back and forth or, or FaceTime each other back and forth because um, he's spending a lot of time in London now. But, we always, it's always about Issa. It's always about her son. You know, it's, you know, his school projects, his treasure hunts, his, you know, all the things that he's working on. And she's in full mom mode right now. And I mean, it couldn't be, I totally understand that. I mean, if you're a parent, you totally understand what that's like. You get to a point where it's all about your kids. And to me, that's where she's at. And we absolutely love that and love sharing that. And she's such a great mom. She's the perfect, she's the perfect mom because of growing up in the family she grew up in with all, you know, with all the siblings and all the, you know, the big family to now have, you know, that son of her own is, is an amazing thing to watch. I understood with that. And where does the time go? Sometimes, sometimes something seems like it was yesterday. Something does feel like it was decades. Yes. Totally. The history that you guys had with Janet. Yeah. Um, and we'll get, we'll get into it. There's some questions, but we'll get into something else. The 40th anniversary of the time. Yes. Speaking of where does the time go? Yeah. 40 years? Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, could, I could see mentioning that just kind of aged you a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, that's, a, I, I, yes, because I was looking at the album cover the other day. Um, well, matter, matter of fact, I was at, uh, so I did a, I taped a thing over the weekend with Questlove in New York, and we were at this record store called A1 Records. It was a beautiful record store. And they had the original Time album from back in the day. And it was amazing looking at that album cover and just all kind of memories came back and all of that. And, you know, I think we've all aged pretty, pretty good. But I, part of that is living in Minneapolis all those years. You know, it probably froze us half the year. So we're probably half as old as, you know, we should be. But uh, yeah, man, that, that was some amazing times. And I couldn't, uh, we were talking the other day, we did Breakfast Club the other day, I think it's going to air over the weekend or, or next week, but we, but we were talking about Morris, and we were talking about how much we loved Morris, how great Morris was to us. Because in the early days, um, when Morris wanted us to be his band, basically, when him and Prince came to the agreement that he put a record deal together for him, 
And Prince was a little bit against it. He wanted him to use some different people. And he was like, no, 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 no. I want to use Jam and Lewis and Jelly Bean and Monty and the guys. And that's who I want to use for the band. And so he really fought for us. And he fought for us in the days where Prince didn't really want us to produce anything outside of the time. Right. Morris was totally aware of what we were doing and was always very encouraging about it. As a matter of fact, he told everybody, he said, hey, this band is not going to last forever. So I suggest everybody go and figure out what you want to do outside of the band. And he used us as the example. He said, Jimmy and Terry are producing records. It doesn't mean that's what you need to do, but figure out what you want to do. So he was always very upfront with us and, and couldn't have been more fair with us. And so we appreciate that to this day. He's, he's one of the best people we know. Interesting, just because you don't hear too much about that. And probably because, you know, he was probably having a little bit of a tumultuous relationship with Prince to where, you know, things would boil over. So it was like maybe giving you guys a heads up. Yo, take that SOS band job. Do this, yeah. do that. Yeah. No, he yeah. was always very he was always very encouraging of what we were doing. And so and, and then it was like I say, it was like an honor then to later on, you know, when you did his solo records to be able to, you know, be involved with, you know, with Fishnet and with, and then would jerk out with Pandemonium and all those, you know, moving forward, you know, it was it was great. And now even like on the new record. So, I mean, Morris is a lifelong comrade, you know, he really is. He, he's like family. Matter of fact, I'll tell you a funny Morris Day story. So Morris Day, right when, um, when COVID started, uh, you remember there was the hand sanitizer shortage, right? Nobody could find hand sanitizer anywhere, right? But I, I laughed because I said, I know who's got hand sanitizer. Because Morris was, he should have just bought some stock in Purell. Because he always had it, right? And I just hit, I texted him one day and I just said, hey, man, we're trying to find some hand sanitizer. He said, oh, I got some. He sent me like a whole box, like a whole big gallon jug. And I was like, I knew it. I knew I could get it from him. So, yeah, man, it, it, it was great. But, yeah, Morris is the best, man. He's, he's the best of the best. Safety. Safety, mm -hmm. huh? So got hand sanitizer and baggies. Now yeah, that's like, right. That's right. Now, and we all know about the whole you getting fired from his band. We've all heard this story. Yep. Now, he also, when you guys did Fishnet and were appearing in his videos, or even with Janet, uh, Prince didn't exactly like that. Is that right? He felt that you were kind of like taking what you did with the time and incorporating it with Morris with Fishnet and then a little bit with Janet, or is that... That's not true. Well, I think that initially when he didn't want us to produce other people, that was what he always said. He don't give away the time sound. Uh -huh. And and we would always say we're not the stuff we're doing doesn't sound anything like the time. As a matter of fact, why would we we wouldn't want to give away something we were a part of? I mean, if we're in the time, then the time should sound like the time. But what we're going to do is do different stuff. So SOS band and some of those other things to me sounded totally different than you know, what we were doing or what the time was doing. Um, so I don't think it was so much that. Um, the one I remember, though, was uh, What Have You Done For Me Lately? I think um, he always felt he wrote that song, you know, so he would perform it in concert and he'd say, like, who wrote this song? And then I remember he drove by my house one time and he tossed the control CD out the window on my, you know, like, so I don't know, man. I, you know, it was really, it was really kind of funny, man. But yeah, but I, I and you know, but Fishnet and some of that other stuff, I think at a certain point he he was very proud of us and he was and he was very um he was cool with us. And I and Terry and I were talking about it the other day. Like Terry always says he didn't fire us, he freed us. Because the way we look at it is 
it's almost like the you know the 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 baby the the mom pushing the baby out the nest because they know they can fly. That's kind of what Prince did for us. There were some other people in that organization that he kept very close to him, and he didn't want them to go anywhere. But us, I think the fact that he pushed us out, I think he felt like, no, you guys, you guys got it, you know. And the only thing, not a regret, I wouldn't call it a regret, but the only thing we always wish, because we talked to him about it later on, was um, we said, you know, all of this could have all been under one roof because we weren't trying to leave and go do other. I mean, we were trying to do other things, but we could have done it all under the same roof. So if you could imagine that, imagine if we were doing our thing, Jesse had stayed under the same roof, all the, you know, all the guys in the time, it all stayed. Imagine what that would have been. Because people always talk about, well, there'll never be another Motown. And they're right, there'll never be. But to me, it was that kind of creative atmosphere that if we all could have stayed together, imagine all of the records we did, if we were free to do the same records, but we had done them all under Paisley, that would have been incredible to me. Insane. And that's something that you that you wanted to happen, wished would have happened. It would have been, it would have been great. Because like I say, we weren't trying to leave. You know, it wasn't a thing where, oh, we're trying to leave this team and go over here. All right. we were trying to do was improve ourselves. We thought if we could write, because we weren't going to get, we had no complaints. The songs on the Time albums were amazing. And that was Morrison Prince. So it wasn't like we're going, man, let us get a song on the record or else. No, we're like, fine. Keep making the records like that. That's perfect. But let us go over here and explore some other things. And we're good. And so that's that was all we really intended on doing. So to me, it all could have been under one, it could have all been under one roof because we weren't trying to leave. We loved it. matter of fact, the 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 night we mixed Just Be Good to Me, which was our very first kind of big hit record, uh-huh. was the same night we got fired. And so we had we had already wow. we had booked the studio time. It was a studio called Larrabee Sound out in LA. We had booked the time at Larrabee to mix the SOS band with Steve Hodge, engineer we use. We had booked the time. Prince called that day and said, meet me at Sunset Sound. And we were like, okay, what should we do? Well, it wasn't even a choice. It was like, well, we're gonna go to Sunset Sound and meet Prince, because that's our that's our gig. And they'll, we'll figure out the SOS band later. So when we went over to, Sun, to Sunset Sound, that's when he fired us. He just said, you know, you guys been working on other stuff and I told you not to, so you're fired. Okay, cool. So Terry and I looked at each other and we said, no, what do you wanna do? Terry said, well, let's go over to the other studio and mix the SOS band. We said, okay, cool. And we walked in the door. We hadn't met Steve Hodge yet. We'd only talked to him on the phone, but we hadn't actually met him yet. And we walked in the door and he says, oh, nice to meet you guys. You know, And then I guess we looked kind of down and he said, what's wrong with you guys? And we said, oh, we just got fired from the time. He said, you did? And we said, yeah. He said, wow. He said, well, he said, I don't think you guys have anything to worry about. Is this song you guys got here? This is a smash. And he hit play and just be good to me came on with his mix on it. We were like, wow. you know, and and it, and it was really a bluff. We weren't really fired. Um, it, but it was like more of a let's see, you know, how they handle this or, or what they do. And when Purple Rain was getting ready to be made, uh, Jellybean Johnson called Terry and asked Terry to come back. And Terry said, well, what about Jam? And I guess Jellybean said, no, he doesn't want jam back, just you. <laughs> and Terry was like, you tell that little, you know, it was like, you're one of those over the phone crazy things. <clears throat> and that was it, man. We were, we've been together ever since, man. We just, we just stuck it out together. When, and that's just amazing. 
when when Purple Rain came out, there was there any like, damn, we we should have been a part of that. Where you're like, nah, mm -mm. it's good. No, we no, okay. we were good. We moved on. We were happy about it. We loved the movie. Thought it was tremendous. And um, no, we were we were cool with it. We were happy for Morris in particular because, like I say, Morris was our guy. You yeah. know, the, the, when we got fired, Morris like disappeared. Like he, I don't think anybody found Morris for probably four or five months after we got fired. I mean, he just because it was. He always talked about, I have a show on Sirius XM, the Jimmy Jam show. And as a matter of fact, the, the, I'm replaying an episode this week that's actually my conversation with Morris Day. And one of the things that Morris talked about was how he never liked when bands started changing members. It was like never the same to him. So when he saw that his own band, it was happening to his own band, he was he hated that. He thought that was the worst thing. And he was out of it. I mean, listen, Purple Rain was great, but mentally... He had already checked out of the time, which right. was why there was really not a, a big tour or anything that happened because he had already checked out. He was already like, no, this ain't the band I put together. So that's the way he kind of felt about it. And of course, later on, I don't know. Did you guys like reconcile, I guess, so to speak, before Graffiti Bridge was being made when like he was talking yeah. talks with you or what? How did that reconciliation happen? Did you did he throw another CD and you caught it? What happened? <laughs> No, we well over the over the years. I think probably not that much later after that because that was SOS band was eighty three. By the time we got to eighty nine, that was um, Rhythm Nation. Uh -huh. And I remember he heard Rhythm Nation. We were with him. We played in Rhythm Nation, and he loved it. He lost his mind when he heard it because it was Sly and the Family Stone sample. And I think he he loved it. You know, he was like, "Oh my God, this is amazing! This is amazing!" So I think at that point, I think he felt like, yeah, there might have still been like a, comp a competition there, but I just think he felt more just proud of us at that point. Uh, and he knew we were, we were going to be okay. Um, so later on, yeah, when Graffiti Bridge, but when Graffiti Bridge happened, it was right at the same time as the Janet tour. And I remember the Rhythm Nation tour because I remember we were... Um, we were filming the movie and then she was opening in Miami and I was like, I got to go because I got to go to Miami. And I, I thought they were going to find me or fire me for that or whatever, because it was like, no, but I got to I got to go do this. Like, you know, I got to go support this and make sure that it's cool. So they, anyway, they let me they let me go. But um, but, you know, it was cool. Graffiti Bridge was cool. I mean, we sat around the set for so long. just It was like, hurry up and wait. And I was like, this movie thing ain't for me, man. I can't I can't do this. It was it was crazy. But it was it was good, man. We we got along, we got along, and I, I you know we were respectful of him. He was the director of the movie, so we were just like, okay, whatever he says, that's what we're going to do. We thought yeah. we were going to be doing our. By the way, we thought we were going to be doing our own movie. That's when what we, I yeah. When we met with Prince, we thought we were doing our own movie, uh -huh. and we wanted Prince to be involved. We were like, can you be involved with our movie? Because we always felt like he was part of our family, like he was part of our team, like we were all together. We never wanted to be apart from Prince, so. Um, we go to the meeting and the meeting was all like, he's pitching us his movie. Uh, we're like, no, no, we're supposed to be pitching you our movie. <laughs> but, you know, he took it over like he always would do and, you know, just kind of took control of it and Graffiti Bridge was the result. Right. Because I've heard that and I wanted to make sure and verify it. So Graffiti yeah. Bridge was totally supposed to be a time vehicle for promotion. Yeah, it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be our movie and the movie was really going to be about kind of the life and the life and times, if you will of the time all of those stories from from being on the road and and just kind of the funny stories we had actually brought in 
a script writer that we had started writing and just we literally would just sit around all days and just tell stories. Everybody would tell different stories about different cities and different kind of crazy stuff that happened. And that was what we envisioned to, the movie to be. Not like a fantasy, but like just, no, this was life on the road with the time. So, but that's cool because that movie still hasn't been done yet, so it can still be done. So it's good. And I do, yes, that'd be awesome. I do have an original seven question. We want to get into this because it's going to lead to Janet. Okay. In 2009, when Michael passed, um, mm -hmm. I heard you guys were trying to reach out to Prince, let him know that you guys love him, you know, all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, I know that he was deeply affected by it, you know, because he went mm -hmm. silent. He was supposed to be doing like, because it was the anniversary of Purple Rain. He was going to yeah. be doing it with the Dakota because they hit me up earlier in the day, Prince performance at the Dakota, and he had, um, oh, her name is escaping me now, uh, Santana's wife and Lenny Kravitz's uh, drummer, Cindy Blackman, I believe. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. Regardless, mm -hmm. they're gonna be playing that night, and then Michael passes, and he cancels the show, and then no one is able to get in contact with him. Hopefully, mm -hmm. I'm sure that he got your guys' message, but it was just, because I, I personally feel that Prince, this is just personal feelings, that he always felt that he'd work with Michael because Michael kept reaching out to him and he'd be like, oh, where'd that USA for Africa money go? Let me know that and we'll work together. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure you guys had like a Prince Michael moment with him or, or heard about. Just curious, especially with working with Janet. No, we never really did. Not that, I, not that I'm aware of. Um, I will say Terry talked to him probably a lot more than I did. So maybe Terry and him did, but we didn't really have one. But the thing, but the thing about, you know, Michael passing was, it made me re and that's it was kind of the double whammy because Michael passing was I felt obviously bad about it, but I felt really bad for the family. I felt bad for Janet, and because I remember I texted her when I heard about it, and I said, I just heard something. Is it true? And she said, Unfortunately, it is. And I was like, Oh my god, you know. So I had that reaction. So my reaction was more for her, and the family. Um, but later on, when Prince passed, that was like the wake up call for me to not leave things unsaid, you know, the, to not. So I, I, it really changed just my not philosophy necessarily, but just my activeness in making sure people always knew how I felt. If I liked something that they did or, you know, I would make sure to go out of my way to, to make sure I got in contact with them and, and that. So I never wanted to leave anything unsaid. And so that's, and I've kind of lived by that for the last you know, five years. I mean, that's really been my, my thing, you know, so. Right. It's yeah. so interesting because a lot of people feel that's what Prince was trying to do before he passed, was trying to like reach out to people, why not? I yes. don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. Um, you think you know, so? I, yeah, I do, I do think that. Um, and once again, I know Terry and him had talked maybe the week before he had passed. I know they talked a lot and, and it was, their relationship was great because Terry's just, you know, if you know Terry, Terry's just no bullshit. Like, he just tells it like it is. And that was the thing that Prince always liked about him. Because Prince would, if they'd get into conversations, and I'd listen to some of the conversations. I wouldn't even get in them. I'd just listen. They'd get in conversations. Prince would say some stuff that was, like, cosmic, basically. And Terry would go, man, that's bullshit, Prince. You know, some, 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 some. And Prince would just laugh, right? Because he'd just be like, okay, I can't, I can't do this to Terry. Like, Terry knows better. And it was great. And I think, and I talked to Morris about this, too. Like, sometimes when you, your circle of people that are around you, you hope that people are around you 
are honest with you, that feel like they can be honest with you. And sometimes you get people around you who are just kind of yes people, where they'll just say, yeah, oh, yes, and, and agree with everything. Uh, and that's not, that's not healthy. You got to have people around you that just kind of go sometimes, no, man, that ain't the right thing. And I think Morris was that for Prince, because they were, they were best friends. At, at one point and you know early on and i think that he probably if morris or, or people like morris would have been more in his life it might have maybe had you know a, a better outcome maybe i can understand that yeah. now speaking speaking of stuff with the time and prince even though he teased it in australia during his australia run in 2012 i know in 2011 he was like bringing up people were asking me inside the camp Hey, what would you think about a new triple threat tour? Think about the time opening up every night and it would be with Janet and Prince, where they'd be alternating who would be headlining act. Did that ever, aside from Prince talking about that, did that ever even get to, to um, Janet's camp at all that you're aware of? I'm not aware. This is the first I've heard about it, actually. You saying oh, it. He was so bringing I, it up to us a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I never, never heard anything about that. Craziness. I do know this that when. You know, the whole thing of the time coming back together for yeah. condensate yeah. and then him tripping on the name and you guys made, made, made the name the original seven. Mm -hmm. You know, he was all like, he told me about it, like, look, I did the songs, I was in there, like the name is mine. But he's like, I love the original seven. And it was right after Jesse quit and he goes, name sucks now. But he goes, I contacted Terry. I'm like, let's play Vegas. I'll, I'll be your bass player. Let's make it happen. Mm -hmm. Did you even hear yeah. about Terry? Um, sort of. I know they had conversations about right. it, but to me, it's that that kind of thing back in that point. It was like we understood Prince's feeling was that the time was whatever he created. We invited Prince to be a part of Condensate. Once again, we never were trying to do anything without Prince. We never were trying to get away from Prince. That's a perception, but that was absolutely not true. To us, he was a member of the band. And we wanted him to do stuff. And there's a matter of fact, there's stuff that we have that he's that he played on, and nobody's heard it, but he's played on stuff because he was huh. into us doing stuff. He was he was cool with it. But the name to him was he was fine with the nostalgia of the name, but going forward, he didn't like the idea of it being attached to something that he wasn't a part of. So I don't know, man. It just didn't quite ever work out, you know the way we wanted it to but we love the album and you know it's i think we're 10 year anniversary of that album if i'm not mistaken yeah. it's a bunch of milestone yeah. things so 10th anniversary of that album and i think we're going to go back and remix those songs and you know do something with that because we, we love that album and this and the spirit of prince like we think is all over that album because you know we were we got a chance to watch how he worked and be in the studio on that whole thing so we feel like we we can carry that forward, his brilliance forward in what we do. Especially because you didn't get the the project wasn't able to do everything that you want to do. Like I right. love the track of Bowser Man and all these other things, and I'm yeah. hoping there's some remixes of that, man. Yeah, because that's the jam. Well, we couldn't even we couldn't even tour. I mean, we couldn't. Jesse quit. Um, we, I remember we had a we had a conversation, like a three or four hour conversation, and uh, with the whole band. And we had kind of laid out the kind of the plan that we wanted to do. We were going to do at that point all the late night shows because I think it was still Leno at that point, and it was a few other things. And everybody wanted us to do that, and we and we were like, okay, we're going to go to New York and do that. Then we'll put a little tour together. Then we'll do like we were planning it. And literally the next day on his Facebook, he put, "I quit." And I remember I called Terry and I said, 
wait, did I miss something in the conversation last night? I thought we were just planning on everything we were going to do. And he said, hey, man, I don't know. And at that point for us, we were like, okay, well, I guess we'll go back to doing our day job, which is, you know, writing and producing. And so that's that's what we did. So it never really got the, you know, it never got the, it, it's due like it should have. But, you know, listen, great music doesn't have an expiration date. So hopefully uh, we can come back around and figure some stuff out with it. That's cool. And now you have these anniversaries happening. 10th anniversary of that, 40th anniversary of the time. Yeah, it's a lot of milestones, yeah. These projects, are you wanting to be involved with them? like going forward to be part of expanded editions or even like liner notes for these projects for when it comes to the time or anything else yes as a matter of fact when um rhino was getting ready to do the the one that just came out i remember i texted morris and i said morris do you know about this have they talked to you about this and he said no <laughs> and i said okay and i think i got him the number to somebody or maybe his management reached out and anyway, so I think it, it he did get involved at, at some point there, but that was to me, it was so, I, I don't know that it was short-sighted because it's not like you can't get in touch with people, you know, particularly nowadays with social media. I mean, you just DM somebody and go, hey, we're gonna do a something, something, but there should be, I mean, it should be treated with respect and, and you certainly should have, well, people are alive. I mean, there'll be a point where we're, you know, we're not going to all be here, so we won't be able to have control over what gets put out. But while we're here, yeah, there's stories, there's liner notes, there's anecdotes, there's all kinds of things that should be part of any sort of special package, particularly a 40-year package to me. So I know Morris did get involved. He said, thanks for giving me the heads up. And I know they got involved. I don't know what all they actually did, but I, I do know that that happened. But yeah, we're, you know, listen, it's our, all of this stuff is our legacy. You know, it is it is what we've done. So, yes, anytime there's a, a milestone, um, you know, Sounds of Blackness 50th anniversary this year, 30th anniversary of Optimistic, 30th anniversary of Perspective Records, um, you know, 40th anniversary of the time. Yes, we want to be involved in all of those things or at least ask us. I mean, and if we don't, we'll say, no, thanks. You, you guys handle it. But I just think it's, yeah, it's part of our legacy. Of course, we want to be involved. Fully understand that, and like these projects are getting older. You're like, oh, this is four years. Like, how's that possible? I'm only yeah, 35. Yeah, <laughs> it flies. It flies by me. You know. Now, is there anything while we're wrapping this up? And I thank you so much for your time. Is there anything Absolutely. with Janet that you hope to do in the future that you may not have been able to do, or there's like ideas that you have? I know that she's in kid mode, but she's what would you like to see happen? Well, at a certain point in time, what I think will be interesting is, you know, Janet has always written about whatever's happening in her life. I remember I always used to tell people, you never have to worry about her doing an interview because everything that you want to know about her is all in the songs. It's all in the lyrics that she does. So now that she's a mother, I'm just intrigued on what is going to be on her mind and the way she's going to look at things. Because when you have kids, you look at things in a different, it's a different lens that you're looking through. So that'll be really interesting. And, you know, listen, beyond whether we work together or don't work together, we're always talking. We're always, you know, we're, we're friends, we're family, you know, whatever that is. So, but uh, we'd love to, uh, you know, collaborate on on whatever she's got going. If she wants to do it, we're in. She knows we're in. So whenever she's ready, we'll get down. Awesome. Guys. Yeah. I was digging the track with Mary J. Blige on there. Oh, thank you, man. Things. Yeah. Oh, so, I, I love that song, but I love the whole album, man. The, the whole album to me, Jam and Lewis Volume One is all it's the, the artists that we love 
doing the songs we'd love to hear them do. It's very selfish. It's a very selfish album. Um, you know, it's like if you said the name, you know, Mary J. Blige, it's like, what would we want her to, to sound like? And it would be like, let's go back to the what's the 411, the My Life era, the No More Drama era. Let's go back to those. That's what we'd like to hear her do now. And that's what we tried to attempt to do really with all the songs is try to find that sweet spot, that best era. We call it nostalgia, that discovery of something new, but that familiar comfort of something. Uh, we try to do that with Mariah, with 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 really all the boys to men, with all the artists. That's that's what we try to do. I really like that title, nostalgia. Yeah, I'm digging yeah. that groove. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> go ahead, my man. No, I just gonna say we we try, man. Every once in a while, we I always say we luck up on a few here and there, so it's all good. Just a few, just, just a few. Just I a few. remember in the early '90s there was a already a freaking promo double cd of your guys' songs back in the 90s just oh right, right i know what you're talking yeah i know what you're talking about it was actually four cds four. <laughs> i know exactly what you're talking about i love that set by the way i had to track it down but when i found yeah. it and then another friend of mine a guy used to dj for prince he was about to he's like wait what this is out there and i went yeah it's a promo item yeah 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 so, yeah, we just, did it. By, by, by the way, by the way, we did that because we were being honored by the T.J. Martell Foundation, which was a big charity, music charity uh, for cancer and, and leukemia and stuff. And that's what we put in the gift bags. We wanted to have something to put in the gift bags for everybody to donate it. And so that's what we did was was the CDs. And I remember when we met Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods came to, to Minneapolis to do a thing at I think it was Planet Hollywood at that back at that time. So this is a long time ago at the Mall of America when it first opened. And those sold for five thousand a piece. If I'm not mistaken, those what? CDs we signed them. They they sold for five thousand a piece. And Tiger was like, "Oh wow!" And then he became a big fan, and we got him. He went and saw Janet in Vegas, and you know they they hit it off really good. And so yeah, it was really cool. But it's it's great how music brings people together, and that was a certainly a case of it. We were able to raise money. I think we raised five million dollars for that foundation that that evening. So it's very crazy. Cool. Four CDs in, probably now you'd be at fifty. And let's not even talk about how many. <laughs> That's just craziness. And I love that project. I'd love to see if you guys doing another thing for a foundation, a part two of that set would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. Jimmy, I want to thank you so much for your time. I know I know that you're busy and I want to thank you. I want to thank Jill M for hooking it up. Yeah, Jill. thanks, Jill. Um, you're always welcome back here. So I'll let you know that. And thank I look you, forward to seeing you again in person. Everything is being healthier. Is there anything, anything going on at the Grammys next year that we should keep an eye on? That may be already in the works. Well, I think the interesting thing this year will be at the Grammys will be that you know they did away with you know what they call the secret committees. They weren't really secret committees, but they did away with those. So it'll be really interesting to see what the nominations are. And the show always is based on what the nominations are. So whoever gets nominated usually is the first people that you approach about performing on the show. And so that'll be the thing. It'll be, and hopefully we get a good. When I say we, because I'm the chairman of the TV committee, so I'm, I help put the show on. And so we want to make sure that the show is representative of the music that's out there. But the people that are the members that vote have to actually vote. So um, it'll be interesting to see what, what comes out of that. Um, it'd be great if we're in that mix somewhere. I, I, I would love that, obviously, um, because what we, whatever we do, we're sharing with the artists. You know? So it's really, it's really that, that would be great. But, uh, but no, it should be a great show. I mean, it's still a little bit early in the process. I think the voting stuff will start going out. Um, I think the eligibility period this year ends September 30th. So anything that's released before September 30th will be eligible.
to be in the process. Um, and then a couple months after that will be when the, the actual nominations will come out and stuff. And we'll, we'll start planning it from there. Very interesting. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I want to get that out there because this whole thing with the weekend that was going on and all these other things, and he's never going to submit to a Grammy nomination. We'll see if he sticks to that. But it's an unfortunate situation with everything. There's no secret committee anymore. All this going on. Looking forward to the show next year. Yeah, sure. no, it, it, it should be it should be good. I mean, like I said, it is it is really up to what the nominations are. That's really what sets the the the, uh, the foundation for what the show is, and then obviously you build you build it from there. So, and you know, I've talked to the weekend a couple of times and stuff. So we'll you know, listen, life is long, you know, right. and then and then the show and then and it's and for him, I get it, it's his emotional decision. I totally understand where he's coming from, but I just think that uh, you know. I think I think yeah, I won't say he'll have a change of heart, but I'll just say that he has the opportunity to revisit things. Um, he'll have the opportunity to revisit things and we'll see where he lands. It's totally up to him. For sure. In the yeah. future, you never know what happens. Let's not mess that up. That's how I look at it. The past gotcha. or even the past, you gotta have short term memory sometimes. Oh well, you definitely do. You know, it's way, hey, what have you done for me lately? Like the song goes. There I know you, go. you used to do a lot of nice stuff, but what has he done for you lately? Exactly. Well, you've done a lot for us lately. You've been a guest on the show, and I completely appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, man. I appreciate for your time. Everyone, get the Jam and Lewis Volume One, and it's available on CD. How about that? Actually, it's a CD. I don't see those too much anymore. But yeah, it's actually available on CD, an actual CD with our with our logo on it. When you actually, I know the kind of stuff you never see anymore. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of it's kind of fun, but it's available everywhere. I hope people enjoy it. Please enjoy it, and uh, and thank you for the support on it. Appreciate it. Thank you, my man. Appreciate right. it. Volume one out now. Get it, and volume two, and everything else that that Jim Jimmy Jam is going to be up to. All right, my man. All right, man. The nostalgia. Much love. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Awesome guys. What a great interview. Thank you guys for being here. Um, I think we need to do an after show. I know their show isn't as long as your three hours that we've been doing, but uh, sometimes you don't need three hours when you get direct into the point of questions. And I think Jimmy uh, touched on a lot of stuff that we haven't exactly heard before, which is always a good thing. That's why I try to do it. The Paul Pearson interview from a few weeks ago as well. So hope you guys have been doing well. And if you'll join me in a few minutes, um, you can always catch the playback if you haven't. Give me a moment here. Um, but yeah, we'll do an after show. We'll talk. We'll let you know where I'm at. As you're seeing, you're not seeing the great background or, or the other set that you guys have been wanting. We'll get into that. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. But yes, we're definitely going to do an after show, but I really appreciate Jimmy for his time, Jill M for hooking it up. Um, regardless of it being a travel day, you are not gonna be passing up on getting Jimmy Jam on your show. So, um, sorry guys, just getting some stuff in. I hope you answered most of your questions. That's why I asked for it on Twitter uh, and Facebook and Instagram ahead of time. Once you get it, yep. 40 years of the time and so many of the other things that they did. So, you know, 
So give me a few minutes. Um, I'm going to sign this off just so we have this, and then we guys will do an after show for it. But I appreciate you guys being here, your support, even though we're an hour earlier. Um, yeah. Thank you, Jill M. Thank you, Jimmy Jam. You guys can always donate. I, again, we're coming back, but thank you guys so much who are checking us out, not live, checking, checking us out on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Music, Poppy FM. Appreciate you guys so much. Uh, we're going to wrap this up and we'll be right back with the after show. Till then, guys, much love. Thank you. And thank you, Prince. <laughs>